Good morning, good friends, and welcome to worship here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We are so glad you found your way to our sanctuary in body or in spirit through Facebook Live. Welcome on this fourth Sunday of Easter. If you are a visitor here at Selwyn Avenue, we're especially glad that you are with us. Selwyn is an intergenerational community of faith. We are committed to knowing each other in authentic ways um, as well as our neighbors. And if you would like to learn more about what it means to belong here, we would certainly love to learn more about you. Orientation classes will begin in May, and if you would just reach out to the church office or find my email, I'd be glad to be in touch with you if that's of interest. Please know that if you are with us through Facebook, you are also now invited to come back here into the sanctuary. We are gathering in safe ways. You may reserve your spot through our website or through our weekly email. It will be a joy to greet you back here in the sanctuary or at 5 o'clock every Sunday evening, unless it's raining, we are still hosting outdoor worship. If you bring a blanket or a chair, we will bring some uh, pretty good music and a, a short abbreviated worship service. Bring your kids, bring your blankets, but come on. Also, if you are a 7th or 8th grade girl, you can meet Margo on the front lawn tonight before outdoor worship. If you are a younger person who would be interested in vacation Bible school or a parent of someone who would be interested, now is the time for you to sign up for preschool VBS and elementary school VBS. It is with great joy that we welcome our newest member to the congregation, Bennett Alexander Hackman. He was born on April 11th to parents Brian and Tate Hackman and his big brother is Sebastian. I cannot wait to meet this little guy and welcome to our congregation. We are praying for you and for your families. Uh, if there is a pastoral concern or need, please know we like to hear about it and support you in whatever ways we can as a congregation. Now let us prepare our hearts to worship God. spirit as we call ourselves to worship this morning. Be merciful, O God, be merciful. Awake, awake my soul, awake. My soul takes refuge in the shadow of your wings until the destroying storms pass by. Be exalted, O God. Let your glory be over all the earth. Awake, my soul, awake. I cry to God most high who fulfills his purpose for me. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my path. My, my heart, heart is steadfast, O oh God. My, my heart, heart is steadfast. steadfast. 
Awake, my soul, awake. I will sing and make melody, O Lord. I will awake the dawn. Your steadfast love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Be exalted, O God. Let your glory be over all the earth. Awake, my soul, awake. so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed, so let us acknowledge our shortcomings together and return to the Lord with confession and faith. Let us pray together. Holy oh God, God, we, we confess, confess that, that we are an arrogant, arrogant people, so full of knowledge that we hardly have any room for love. We confess that we too often judge when we really need to listen. We confess that we push people away while you call us to welcome them into our communities. We confess that we think only about protecting ourselves when we are challenged to risk everything for others. Lord, forgive us for being more concerned with being right than we are with showing love. Forgive us for demanding uniformity when you call us to celebrate diversity. Forgive us for expecting sameness when you expect unity. Guide us, great God, to live according to your unconditional love. 
Teach us to see each one another as siblings, that we may learn to live as one family. Amen. Friends, hear these words of assurance from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In, In Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ we, we are, are forgiven. forgiven. Amen. may be seated. 
We are just stepping into our spring preaching series entitled Letters to a New Church. Each week we will visit one of Paul's epistles so that we might come to understand the theme of each and listen for a fresh word and what it means for us, a church like Selwyn Avenue, to re-engage and reconnect and to express our faithfulness together in community. This week we're turning to the first book of the Corinthians, it's an odd text I chose, but I think it's one that represents the heart of the matter. We're going to read from the 10th chapter, um, verse 23, on through the first verse of the 11th chapter, but we, maybe we should say a quick prayer before we listen. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable unto you. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, let's listen now for the word of the Lord. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Do not seek your own advantage, but that of others. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth and its fullness are the Lord's. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the grounds of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it out of consideration for the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I mean, the other's conscience, not your own. For why should my liberty be subject to the judgment of someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why should I be denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, so that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So on this fourth week of the Easter season, consider this. It was only 10 or 15 years after Jesus hangs on a cross and the women discover Jesus is not in the tomb, that Saul was struck by a blinding light, and this mysterious encounter separated Paul from his old identity, no longer the extremist breathing threats and murder against the followers of Jesus. He couldn't go back, and yet his future was unknown. It has been said that this time of Paul's conversion, this in-between time, in between being Saul and becoming Paul, was a liminal season. The Latin word lemon means threshold. Richard Rohr is a Franciscan father and he speaks of liminal space in this way. All transformation takes place here. We have to allow ourselves to be drawn out of business as usual and remain patiently on the threshold where we are between the familiar and the completely unknown. There, alone, is our old world left behind while we are not yet sure of our new existence. That's a good space. 
where genuine newness can begin. Get there often and stay there as long as you can by whatever means possible. Roar continues, it's the realm where God can best get at us because our false certitudes are finally out of the way. This is the sacred space where the old world is able to fall apart and a bigger world is revealed. If we don't encounter liminal space in our lives, then we start idealizing normalcy. The threshold is God's waiting room. Here we are taught openness and patience as we come to expect an appointment with the divine physician. So, Paul emerges from his blindness, reor reor reoriented as the one chosen to bring good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. And now, he, along with a growing wave of disciples, are sharing a new story of grace and love and justice in places far beyond their wildest expectations. As Paul would say, they were servants of Christ and stewards of Christ's mysteries. Which that sounds pretty good if everybody actually knows what God you're talking about, but Paul's not in Kansas anymore. And things seem to be a lot more complicated because most of the folks in the church, while they believed in the message of God's love and grace and redemption in Jesus, didn't grow up according to God's Torah law or even know who Jesus was in the first place. Nonetheless, Paul and his missionaries were wildly successful. Along with two missionaries, Priscilla and Aquila, Paul spends 18 months in the bustling center of commerce, Corinth, back in the year 49. But then two years later, he leaves them for new business, and it seems the new church became disenchanted with Paul and disoriented as a community. They were in liminal space, on the threshold of a new way of being. Yes, they were an established church, but their sense of order and identity had been challenged and disrupted. What does it mean for us to live together, to be united, to honor each other instead of ourselves. So Paul does what any good leader would do. He wrote them a letter, although it's now lost to history. But it seems the folks in Corinth either didn't understand what Paul wrote in that letter or they didn't like it, and so they wrote him back. That letter is also lost. And so then we have a second letter written from Paul to the church at Corinth, and that's the one we call 1 Corinthians. But let's be clear, the honeymoon is over. You know, last week Rob and us spent our 19th anniversary together, but I do remember that moment when I realized the honeymoon was over. It was our first year of marriage and Rob and I had a new issue. Laundry. Who did it or rather who didn't do it? When they did it or rather when they needed to do it? How they folded it or if they didn't fold it? But here's the deal. If you're fighting about laundry every week, chances are it's not really about the laundry, is it? It's about something deeper. Well, this morning, our text about food is not really about food. Corinth had been a hub of transportation and trade, first for the Greeks, where deities such as Aphrodite and Poseidon were central, and then the Roman Empire and all that came with it. 
Corinth was an intersection of commerce and religion and culture and architecture. It was Las Vegas and New York and Miami all rolled up into one, and it was a fun place to be. And as such, early Christians were wrestling with what it meant to live a life of faith while navigating a city that ebbed and flowed with diversity of voices and influences and choices. The church at Corinth was full of anxiety. For better or worse, new teachers and prophets were stepping into leadership roles. Monday through Saturday, most of these folks had vocations and friends and even spouses beyond their faith community. Questions about authority and idols and discipleship were popping up. What food should we eat? Does circumcision really matter? How should we approach intimacy and marriage and relationships? What about gender and leadership? Which voices should we listen to? How do we balance freedom with discipleship? Who's right? Who's wrong? Which truth is the right truth? And how in God's name are we supposed to follow Christ in a world as crazy and as complicated and as disorienting as ours? I mean, how can we trust each other if we cannot even agree about the laundry? They were well-established enough, but Paul is gone. And what does he know anyway about unity when he's not even living there anymore? Perhaps like the church at Corinth, we too are in the liminal space. You see, liminal spaces come in the midst of transition and major change. And entrance into a liminal season always begins with one thing, a collapse of order. Because the old way of doing things, the normal way, just isn't working anymore. Consultant Susan Beaumont has written a book, How to Lead When You Don't Know Where You Are Going. Now, before you get overly concerned that this is the book your pastor is reading right now, consider what Beaumont suggests. People and organizations can tolerate a certain amount of ambiguity in the natural order of things, our identity, our structures, and our processes can accommodate disorientation in measured doses. However, when too many aspects of our lives become simultaneously ambiguous, we lose our ability to cope. We bump up against liminal tolerance. Liminal tolerance? Too many changes, too many losses, too much uncertainty and risk. Well, I don't think the church at Corinth has anything on the churches of 2021. Does it get any more ambiguous and disorienting than this? Look back at Selwyn's last year, the completion of a major building renovation, the retirement of a beloved pastor, several other personnel transitions, a global pandemic, virtual worship, a national reckoning with racism, divisive elections, an attack on the Capitol, schools have been closed for a year, loved ones have been sick and dying, there are ever-changing rules about the pandemic, and there are a variety of opinions and emotions about it all. I am exhausted. And I bet you all are too. 
but listen to the list of symptoms of organizations that are beginning in a liminal state and see if just any of them resonate with your city or your nation or your school, or your family or your workplace or your church. Anxiety rises, motivation falls, people question their relationships, people detach. Leadership voids are filled by folks who are already overburdened. Old weaknesses and conflicts reemerge. Personnel is overloaded. Systems are in flux and therefore unreliable. It takes more effort to accomplish everything, even the mundane daily tasks. People are easily polarized, and signals about what is important are mixed. Now here's the thing. It's not all bad. This liminal space is where God calls us to the edge of something new, something that we would never have imagined otherwise, a future beyond our own capacity or wildest dreams. Have you not considered your identity and your purpose in new ways this year? Have you not assessed what is important or most important in your life? Have your relationships not been challenged and realigned? How are we supposed to make sense of it all, stabilize things, or begin again? How will we come together, united in Christ, forged by our most compelling stories of identity and hope? A careful read of our text this morning makes the point. Paul is saying, hey, y'all, it's not really about the meat. Do not seek your own advantage, but that of others. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Like me, try to please everyone in everything you do. Do not seek your own advantage, but that of many, so that they might be saved. So I suppose if Paul were to write this chapter for Selwyn in 2021, it would go something like this. To the church of God that is on Selwyn Avenue, including all the saints throughout the nation who join you on Facebook. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It breaks my heart to know that we have been separated from one another for so long. But remember that I share in your hurting and your suffering. It is our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of consolation, who consoles us in all of our afflictions so that we may be able to console others who are hurting just as much. I know it's been a hard year. It's been hard on me too. There may have been moments when some of you have considered stepping away or taking a break. I don't blame you. So much has changed and so much has been lost. Every week the news is traumatic. Every week you have been forced to live your lives in new and in challenging ways. Every week there are voices and opinions vying for your attention. And yet every week you are called to reorient your perception of what is happening in the world through the lens of God's word and not the other way around. Everything you do should be for those who need to hear a story of God's salvation, God's redemption, God's reconciliation in Christ. It doesn't matter if you agree with them. It doesn't even matter if you like them. You are united in Christ. Forgive each other. Assume the best. 
Transcend the narrative of us and them. Give no offense to those who are not like you. It seems sports teams and schools and work and families are finding ways to regather and reconnect all around us. And so I pray you, the church at Selwyn, will fill this liminal space with your presence and your purpose. I know you all are a little bit out of practice, but how can we continue to preach to an empty sanctuary and scream, hoping that you all remember that everything we say is rooted in love for you and a deep trust that God's word and sacrament can somehow hold us together and give us the courage to keep going. Yes, the laundry needs to get folded in a million other tasks, but it's not about the laundry. It's about so much more. Your identity, Selwyn, is rooted in Christ. Your community is forged in worship, in learning together. Your gratitude is expressed in how you care for and love one another and your neighbors. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Selwyn, do not forget, Moses was in the wilderness. Joseph was in Egypt. Noah was on a boat. Ruth had to travel before she married Boaz. Jesus spent some time in the wilderness. Throughout the history of God's children, this is the exact place God is most at work in your lives. God has called us through the threshold into a liminal space. It might seem terrifying, but it's also sacred. So show up, keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Your sibling in Christ, Paul. Let us pray. Living God, for whom no door is closed, no heart is locked, draw us beyond our doubts till we see the risen Christ and touch his wounds where they bleed for others. Remind us of all the beauty that surrounds us and the unity that we have in you. Lord, be with our brothers and sisters who are suffering from injustice, living in fear and hurting from loss. Help us to know our part of this world and to live as Christ did while he walked this earth. This we ask through Christ our Savior who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please join with me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are invited to walk alongside Jesus as he ministers to his people, our people. We make the choice daily to follow Christ and to invest in a world that we live. Sometimes this means service, action, and sometimes this means sharing our monetary gifts. If you would like to make a donation, please use our text to give number 704-734-9818. Those lives were mine to love and cherish, to guard and
us to unity and to hope. Please join me now in the litany of dedication. Holy God, may these offerings of time, talent, and treasure glorify your name as we seek to deepen our unity in Christ with one another and all of those who proclaim Jesus is Lord. He has overcome death and called us into new life in the spirit. And so we are changed by the servant Christ. Send, Send us, us and together, together we will go. Changed through the patient waiting of the Lord. Send, Send us, us and together, together we will go. Changed by the suffering servant. Send, Send us, us and together, together we will go. Changed by the Lord's victory over evil. Send, Send us, us and together, together we will go. Changed by the peace of the risen Lord. Send, Send us and together, together we will go. Changed by God's steadfast love. Send us, and together we will go. Changed by the Good Shepherd. Send us, and together we will go. United in the reign of Christ. Send us, and together we will go. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift his countenance upon you and grant you peace now until we meet again. Amen.